Welcome back to the Final Shot Podcast. Today, the podcast is brought to you by Omega Performance One. I'm going to pick one supplement out of their laundry list of shit they got on their website. Uh, Guys, it's going to be Cialis today. 50 pills, 25 milligrams. If you have a problem getting it up, or if you just want to show your lady or ladies a great time, hit hit them up. Omega Performance One. Go to my link tree. Click the link. My promo code is pre-generated in there. Guys, again, it's 50 pills for 65 bucks. Do not go down to your fucking local pharmacy and pay $125 for four pills. It's stupid. Omega Performance One. If you guys are on YouTube for as long as this is going to be up, you're going to see my guest. He's fairly notorious in Canada. Wikipedia has him in here as a Canadian conspiracy theorist known for his involvement in the anti-mask, anti-lockdown, COVID-19 denial, and anti-vaccine movements during the COVID-19 pandemic. Ladies and gentlemen, you asked for him. I got him. It's Chris Sky. How's it going, brother? I'm fantastic. How are you doing, man? I'm very good, and I'm very excited to have you on here. Um, I personally came into contact with your stuff from uh, just a couple buddies sending it to me. I was like, oh, shit. This guy's kind of like Alex Jones, but Canadian <laughs> and doesn't doesn't have a massive Infowars thing. But um, I, I immediately started posting some stuff about you. And then I made a meme that uh, that got me in, in a little bit of hot water with some of your your fans. But it was 100 percent a joke, you fuckers. I don't know why. I, I still don't know why people got offended by it. It was the most obvious thing that it was a joke. First of all, it was a U.S. military soldier on a U.S. military base. <laughs> It looked like the Photoshop had been done in about 25 seconds. So obviously it looked like a joke and a satirical joke at that, which is exactly my kind of humor, which is how I found you and how I po- I actually posted it. Yeah. I thought it was funny. So if I didn't get offended, how the hell can anybody else get offended? I don't know why people would get offended like that. Like you said, I literally made it in 30 seconds on my iPhone. Yeah. No Photoshop was used, people. It was just a background remover. I put his face on another guy's face, and hopefully that gentleman's <laughs> not offended. But uh, it was hilarious, and I thought it was funny. Part two will be coming out soon. Go for it. <laughs> All right. So people want to know, we're going to talk about the COVID-19 pandemic, but give me a background on yourself. Like what did I do before COVID? Well, what you like do- when the world was normal? Yeah, back when we didn't have to put face diapers on. Uh, I was my primary business is low rise residential develop design and build. So I'm in construction, but I've also worked hand in hand with the government, planners, engineers, etc. So I'm well versed on all. I'm well versed on how they operate. Let's put it that way. And I had a great life before COVID. Married to a wonderful woman. It was actually our eighth year anniversary a couple of days ago. So we did a lot of traveling around the world, been to over 40 countries, over 100 different cities. And I kind of knew this was coming because there's one thing governments like, it's control. And they didn't have enough control over us. So I everybody had their own, I guess, version of how they were going to implement tyranny upon the population on a global scale. And obviously, COVID reared its ugly head right in the earth early 2020 and that's right when we were on vacation actually we were in italy landing in venice on my wife's birthday which was february 27th the last day of carnival their historical event and the day we landed the last day which is supposed to be the biggest day they canceled carnival for the first time ever 
So that's when we knew this was going to be a big deal. And we had people calling us left, right, and center from Toronto and other parts of the world worrying about our safety because we were stuck in the middle of this pandemic. Meanwhile, my wife is shopping. I'm at the gym. It was completely normal. So I knew that this was being overblown right from the beginning, literally from February 2020. We escaped Italy a couple of days before they went on lockdown. We spent the rest of our time. Uh, we had a couple of weeks left for Europe. So we spent it in Holland and also in uh, France and just seeing how everybody was dealing with the short, uh, the, the early stages of the pandemic. So it was quite obvious when we got back to North America at the beginning of March that they were going to lock us down like they locked down our European uh, counterparts. So we knew right away that it's basically it's you can't call it a fake virus because there's obviously a virus going around, yeah. but they're over exaggerating. They're over blowing. And everybody can see that now. They virtually lie about everything. First, they lied about how dangerous the virus is. Then they lie about how deadly the virus is. Then they lie about how well masks work. Then they lied about uh, how many how, how effective the vaccine is. First, it's 95 percent effective. You're not going to get sick. Then it was 70% effective, you're not going to get sick. Then it was 50% effective, you're not going to get sick. Oh, and it doesn't prevent transmission. Now they're telling you even a third and fourth shot aren't going to protect you from Omicron, but you should still take it because. And it, it, it's ridiculous. So it, the, the narrative finally is unraveling. It took over two, it took almost two years. I can't say over two years. It took almost two years for the majority of people to realize Sorry, the government is not your best friend. The government is not a second parent. They're not here to look after you, and they're not here for your best interest. In fact, the government is lying to you. They're using all media to lie to you, and they're doing it so they can make you do things against your own best interest so they can implement tyranny upon you and the rest of societies all over the world in one step at a time. Remember last year when it was, it's just a mask? And how all of a sudden it evolved to, it's just uh, a COVID booster every three months after your first two initial shots in order to go to a store or go to work or try to leave the country even. They literally have made us prisoners in our own country. Citizens cannot even travel freely. Citizens cannot go to work. Citizens cannot go to school. Citizens cannot even eat at a restaurant. This is the stuff out of dystopian futuristic novels, and they call us conspiracy theorists for pointing it out. I made a prediction video last year in September, September 2020, when I told everybody the masks were the precursor to contact tracing and never-ending boosters to set you up in a perpetual cycle you never get out of. People said I was crazy. People said I was a conspiracy theorist. People never even knew what a vaccine passport was. Now, they've been so brainwashed, we literally have people trying to repeat the narrative that they always knew there was going to be more than two shots. They always knew that vaccine passports were coming. No, this is all done incrementally. They get you to comply with something ridiculous, then they shift the goalposts and get you to comply with something else. And before you know it, you've gone through steps one through three, all the way to 10. And that's where we are today. We're at like step 10. The next phase of this pandemic, if we didn't start standing up around the world, which thank God we did, would be further lockdowns in codifying boosters multiple times a year all around the world to make sure nobody can escape the vaccine passport, expanding the vaccine passport to virtually all segments of society, even trying to mandate the vaccine with the threat of fines or imprisonment in some cases to try to get people to comply. And once they have compliance on a global scale, you're never getting out of that vaccine passport system. 
And that vaccine passport system is, make no mistake, the nullification of your God-given rights and freedoms that millions of people have fought and died for over generations to preserve for you and for future generations. And meanwhile, people are literally giving it away because, oh, they want to travel or they're afraid to go up against their boss at work or they're afraid to not go to school for a couple months. It's ridiculous. And all people have to do to make it stop is to simply just say no. Do not comply. And do not comply together gives you united non-compliance. And when we achieve united non-compliance through everybody just saying no, then we get everything we want, which is our freedoms back. And we're seeing it all around the world. Boris Johnson got caught going to a party. He's now almost being forced to resign. What happened? Now they're talking about getting rid of vaccine passports and eliminating COVID restrictions by January 26th. Quebec instituted the curfew. They put vaccine passports in play for the liquor store and cannabis stores. They started talking about attacks on the unvaccinated. And that curfew that lasted all the way till May last year, through united non-compliance, thousands and thousands of people on the streets every single day, that curfew is now lifted after just a few days. And they started declaring that they've reached peak Omicron. No, you know what we've reached? We've reached the peak people are willing to tolerate and now people are finally standing up for themselves all around the world you even have figureheads like dana white coming out and speaking out these are people that are they're very influential they're out there and they would not have dreamed of speaking out against this apparatus maybe even six months ago but now the floodgates have opened there's so much information coming out and governments all around the world are scrambling mexico got rid of their travel restrictions completely Turkey got rid of their travel restriction completely. Meanwhile, here in Canada, they're talking about extending vaccine passports. The reason they want the vaccine passport is not just the nullification of your rights and freedoms. It's to bring you to the next level of their plan. And the next level of their plan, ladies and gentlemen, is a digital currency. They already have you on a digital ID just because you have your license and your passport and your health card and you can hold it and put it in your wallet. They created digital versions of these. As they did that, they made you download your little QR code vaccine passport app. So now you have a digital vaccine passport QR code linked to your digital identification. The third step is to create the central bank digital currency, CBDC. And once they do, they're going to merge that with what they're calling your online wallet. For people that do crypto, BTC, they understand exactly what this means. For the majority of the population, they're looking at me cross-eyed like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Well, let me break it down. It's very simple. If you keep complying, if you don't just say no to the booster and they can extend the vaccine passports for another six months or by the end of the year, sometime this year, you're going to hear a whole lot of propaganda for how bad cash is, how dirty cash is, how dangerous cash is, how cash is only used by terrorists and money launderers and criminals. And they're going to tell you we need the central bank digital currency, not just to, help, to, to fight off all these problems, but it's going to be the solution to all the economic problems we've had. In the reality, as soon as it's created, now they merge all three together into your digital wallet, your IDs your VAX pass and your digital currency. 
Now, if you don't play along and you don't take your jab or anything else they require of you in order to be valid, they will literally cut you off from society. You cannot get paid from your work. You will not be able to transact. You will not be able to travel. You will not be able to collect any type of government or unemployment benefits. You will not even be able to collect a pension. So for all those retirees, all those baby boomers that are well off, that think that they can just quit their job and collect their social security or their pension, no when they bring out this system they're going to roll you into it so if you don't take the jab or whatever else they want you to take at that time it could be pills it could be giving up your blood every other week they can tell you to do anything then you will not get your money you will not be able to travel you will not be able to work you will literally not be able to do anything and if they get enough people to comply with that then they will start to demonize the rest of us in a way where now you're going to get fined every month and they're going to tell you something small like an arbitrary $100 fine, which works out to over $1,200 a year per person. And then if you're talking about a family of four, you're looking at seven, dollars $8,000 worth of fines a year, which most families can't afford. And guess what? If you can't pay them, they'll just throw you in jail or a COVID camp. That's where they want this to head. They want to have complete control over you. They want to take away the individual's power because when an individual has a little bit of power, a lot of individuals coming together have a lot of power, the kind of power where we can make things happen that we want. If you go along with this system, if you keep tiptoeing into tyranny and they get their digital ID, their digital uh, currency and your digital vaccine passport, you are no longer an individual with power. You are now a literal blip on a screen where they can flick a switch and even easier than swatting a fly, you're done for. And that's exactly what they want. 100% complete control of you from cradle to grave. And now that they've used COVID to destroy what you thought were rights and freedoms and turn them into privileges, now that they've used COVID to take your business, to take your livelihood, now that they've used COVID to push you onto that system, they can continue the subjugation. And the next phase of, with the digital currency and getting you more consolidation of wealth and power to them comes with more consolidation of the land to them. They are going to use environmental regulations, climate change, the threat of climate change, to take more and more control over the types of use you can have on your land and more and more control of the types of land they can expropriate for their own purposes. This is all part of what they are calling their great reset, where they vow that you will own nothing and be happy. And they're talking about it at the World Economic Forum, which is called, by the way, the Great Reset. So this term didn't just come out of thin air. It's not a conspiracy theory, guys. It's an actual physical event that's taking place where these people are talking about doing exactly what I'm telling you. And if you think it's just another crazy conspiracy theory, just sit back and watch what happens as you have been watching what happens over the last two years. And every single thing I've been telling you has happened. The only good part is, and there is a good part, we have broken them. This is the first time since this pandemic started where they are literally making it up as they go along. Their plans have not panned out as they wanted. They haven't got humanity to roll over and play dead. They haven't got the massive compliance that they require. In fact, they're getting so much more resistance from so many different places that they don't know what to do. They're in damage control mode. 
every single government around the world is trying to run this in a way where they can salvage as much control and as much power as they've accumulated for themselves over the last two years as possible. And they see it slipping away day by day. The pendulum swung so far to the left that it's inevitable to swing back just as hard to the right. And we're seeing that. And you're going to see more and more positive stories coming out, like the BC gyms being forced to be reopened, like all the stuff, like Ontario considering removing the restrictions early, like Australia considering the, the new strategy of letting COVID rip through communities so they can build natural immunity. Like they're coming up with so many different ways to cover their ass. They're literally just sticking bullshit against the wall and seeing what sticks. And the problem is there's so much bullshit against the wall already that nothing's sticking anymore. It's very true. But um, you, you brought up the, the the currency, the one world currency, the blockchain kind of thing. And it, it's funny because I heard about it and then I started getting phone calls. Said, oh, Mr. Wilshaw, you have $4,322 sitting in a blockchain account. Uh, what would you like to do with it? Do you want us to sign you into your account right now? No. Fuck out of here. That's why it's in blockchain, because I want to keep it decentralized, and you're not even supposed to know about it, let alone ask me about it. Yeah, it, it, it's wild. It, it's just it's wild the the amount, the, the lengths that the government will go. Uh, their end goal is obviously going to be new world order, one world government. Somebody takes over. We're all under the same the same laws, same rules. No job. Well, what, I want to clarify that because when people say one world government, the normal person that doesn't really understand what's going on looks at you and says, "What? You think one person's going to take over the entire world like a freaking yeah. video, like a video game or a superhero movie?" No. What that means is the governments around the world work together to come up with a single set of rules, a single type of currency. You can have multiple central bank digital currencies for each country. As long as they're all central bank digital currencies, they can be controlled. You can have your own independent leaders in every country. If they all agree on the same rules and regulations like they exactly did with COVID through a World Health Organization, a global body dictating to them what to do and them all following these orders, then you can have the exact same structure you have now, presidents, vice presidents, a normal government, but they all follow the same rule of law. And that is what the one world government truly means. And does that sound very far-fetched after what you've seen, the global coordination you've seen with world governments through COVID, when all it takes is a few global bodies like the World Health Organization to dictate what they consider policy and everybody to follow suit? Is it really that hard to believe? No, it's it's not even that far fetched. Like exactly to to believe that a, a collective group of world leaders that could work together for one world currency, it, it's fairly easy. It's like, just a little bit of red tape and a lot of bribery. Well, I feel like we're living in two movies combined right now: V for Vendetta and Demolition Man. Oh my god! I was literally just talking about both of those movies. <laughs> And I agree with that a million percent. We got the demolition man where the society has become so pussified, so demasculated, so literally just weakened in every way, mentally, physically, spiritually, down to the very core where they're afraid of words. And then, yeah, you got V for Vendetta, which is basically the solution to this problem, which, as you can see, in the end was united noncompliance. 100%. Um, the... 
the demolition man part that, that that set me off was the Simon Phoenix, where they can program anything into him with these chips in his brain. And like we got Elon Musk coming out with these chips that can go in your brain where you got virtual reality, right? It, so human touch is gone immediately. Pornhub and all that stuff is at the click. It's just a thought. Yeah, it's exactly. coming. It's coming. That, that's what they're doing right now. They're trying to get everybody into what they're going to call the metaverse. Yep. They're so into it that Facebook literally changed their name to Meta. When you log into Instagram or WhatsApp, it says Meta. There's literally going to be billions and billions of dollars invested into this verse. But at the same time, you're not going to be able to stop it. So you can not get all wrapped up in it and let it control your life. But also, you can see areas where you can take advantages of this for your own personal benefit. Because part of freedom fighting and a big part of freedom fighting is adapting to your reality. And the reality is... Central bank digital currencies are going to come. So you better learn about crypto. You better learn about Bitcoin. You better learn about NFTs. These are realities. The metaverse is already here. It's not going to go away. There isn't going to be some like some kind of like global catastrophe that stops it in its tracks. Nothing's going to stop it. You might be able to slow it down, but it's coming. So pretending like it doesn't exist isn't going to help you. Realizing it's there and that it's a tool that can be used for your benefit as well as to enslave you is the double-edged sword that you have to be willing to wield. 100%. Um, I want to talk to you about Justin Trudeau a little bit because Owen Troyer dropped a story the other day that he had been caught in a, a sex hey. scandal. Sorry, He's going to go yell at his dog right now, guaranteed. <laughs> hopefully uh, he's got some big motherfucking dogs too so hopefully that thing didn't get up on the counter and start eating something but uh they tried to get in the garbage wolf dogs are bad um <laughs> uh, so yeah owen Troyer dropped that story about the justin trudeau sex scandal with the paying off of a, a family 2.25 million dollars um how much of that do you believe is factual a hundred percent of it's factual. I know for a fact, like if you paid a settlement, you paid a settlement. There's lots of rich people that paid settlements to either women they sexually assaulted and they, there was ample proof. So they just pay them to shut up. Or in this case, he had sexual type relationship with a minor. Yeah. And if you look at his, uh, if you look at the logo for the Trudeau foundation and anybody looks up FB type this in Google and see what you see FBI pedophile symbols. You will see the A within the A, and it shows double triangle. And the big triangle represents the big person, and the little triangle represents the boy that they wrap themselves around and literally basically envelop in more ways than one. And it's literally a known pedophile symbol published in FBI handbooks, and it is virtually identical to the Trudeau Foundation symbol up until last year when Trudeau got called out on it and he had to change it. We'll get we'll get the uh can you see those? I can see them. I hope everyone else can see it clearly. The triangle within a triangle. Yep. And then go look at the old Trudeau Foundation logo and you'll see it's literally identical. And if you know who Trudeau's mother is, his mother is notorious for being promiscuous. To the point where she was uh, front page news more than once for some of her high profile affairs with very famous rock stars. <laughs> well, Trudeau, well, Pierre was uh, in power, as a matter of fact. So she got around. She was the type of woman that did orgies, had all types of drugs, 
And that's the kind of life that Tr- Justin Trudeau was brought up in. And if you look at his associates, you have him sitting at a uh, gay pride right beside someone like Benjamin Levin, who was appointed by Kathleen Wynne as our uh, minister of education, our minister of education for our minors. And he was specifically put in charge of overseeing and implementing, and that's a direct quote, overseeing and implementing the new sex ed curriculum for our children, which taught them about all the different genders that exist and taught them about the pleasures of gay sex when they're eight years old and all these other things that seem to be taboo. Well, guess where Benjamin Levin is now? He's in jail because he got charged with not only having, but producing child pornography. So is it any wonder that child pedophile writing sex ed for our children was literally read like a pedophile grooming children 101 handbook. And he's literally sitting next to Justin Trudeau and Kathleen Wynne. Right. Uh, it's insanity. Um, hopefully something. Oh, and happens. he was also on the Lolita Express documents for Epstein's Island. Let's not forget yeah. that. So when you're on there in the black book, with Maxine Giswell, or whatever yeah. the heck her name is, yeah. the demon that literally, the demon that was literally the number one child sex trafficking agent in the world. Like, yeah, this is the company Justin Trudeau keeps. This is the kind of leader we have. This is the kind of man that's telling you you're sexist and misogynist and racist if you won't submit to his poisonous injection. This is a dictator without a dick. Okay, that's what I call him. <laughs> well, if you guys want to have some fun and go online and do some do some research on Justin Trudeau, Google his birth date, and then see when his father was taking his mother over to to Fidel's, and and, and do the math. You might you might actually find out who Justin Trudeau's real father is. That is a high speculation, and they try to do everything to debunk it. And it's well known that his mother was interested in Castro in more yeah. ways than one. Uh, so to say that it's impossible, I'd say was a is, is I don't think anything's impossible. Do I have ample proof to say that Justin Trudeau is really Justin Castro? Absolutely not. Yeah. And I wouldn't make that claim. But I will say this: put a picture of Justin Trudeau beside Pierre Trudeau. And put a picture beside Justin Trudeau, beside Fidel Castro, and go to foreign country where they have no idea who the hell Justin Trudeau or Fidel Castro are, and ask a hundred people who Justin's daddy is, and see what the answer comes up to. <laughs> It'll be Fidel, one hundred percent. Oh, I think it would be. I call him Justin Castro all the time online. Um, I have a funny. If you go to my uh, my my TikTok, I was never a big TikTok guy. I thought it was stupid. But I don't get banned on there for any of the stuff I put on. But I got a, a funny video on there. So I live in rural Saskatchewan, so we got redneck bars. We go to the one in Cabri, and uh, they got Justin Trudeau urinal mats. That's awesome. So I took a video of me pissing on his face. I thought it was hilarious. That's a really good idea. Whoever invented those is probably a rich man, and they should be, and they deserve it. I would guess And so. if it's a woman, I apologize. <laughs> Whoops. Um, let's let's circle right back around to the start of COVID-19. There was a lot of disinformation coming out with the way that it started. Somebody ate a bat. There was a lab leak. Somebody dropped the test tube. What's your thoughts? They do that on purpose. They can create the more stories they can concoct. 
the more confusion and chaos they can create, the more control they can exert. It's really that simple. I wouldn't be surprised if they literally hired entire teams to come up with as many plausible scenarios as possible. Reality, if it it was created in a lab, period. I'm guessing, well, there there's some white paper documents out there that, that say Fauci wanted to release that and the Pentagon shot it down. He wanted to release it in China. Who knows where and when and all, but a virus like that where they can create a vaccine within months, months, and a brand new technology from a company like Moderna that's never even produced a product for human consumption. Let me say that again. Moderna, the, in, the manufacturer you're injecting an experimental gene therapy into yourself multiple times has never made a product for humans before. This is their first product and you're using it and you're wondering why people are getting sick why you're wondering why we're seeing uh, soccer stars collapse on the field every single day even a tennis star collapsed the other day a female one yeah and they try to make it seem like that's normal when's the last time you've ever seen somebody collapse on a tennis court well it's so it's surprising to me that there's no news outlets picking up any of the protests or or any of the rallies that are going on there's thousands of people in the street screaming for this shit to stop there's millions of people in the streets screaming for this shit to stop. And they don't want anybody to know that. But like we said, at the same time, they're being forced to backtrack left, right, and center. Pfizer just lost that landmark case in Texas Supreme Court where they are now being forced to release all the info on their adverse reactions. Remember they wanted until 2075? Well, now they got to release 50,000 pages every 30 days. The first ones at the at the be- at the end of this month, and then starting again March first, twenty twenty two. So within months, it's going to be proven without any doubt whatsoever that these companies knew number one that their vaccine was nowhere near ninety five percent effective at preventing any type of infection or transmission. Number two, the adverse reactions were exponentially higher across the entire board, including for myocarditis, including for death, okay? Including seizures, including uh, Bell's palsy. Every single side effect that they mentioned was exponentially more exhibited, plus a myriad of new side effects and adverse reactions that they never even quantified in their half-rated, incomplete clinical trials. To this day, the Pfizer vaccine available in North America is still not FDA approved, but only approved under emergency use authorization. And they're injecting people with this. They're injecting even people in the aviation industry. And the aviation industry has very specific laws, rules, and regulations because they have pilots that are responsible for hundreds of people's lives. So an aviation authority is unable to prescribe or mandate any type of medication or any type of medical procedure that is not fully FDA approved and not fully FDA approved for at least 12 months, let alone emergency use authorization for 10 months. So every single thing they're doing is illegal 
all around the world, in every country, in every industry, and it's all coming to light and all the people are standing up for themselves and they really have no friggin' idea how to deal with it. They're literally going to try to pretend like the only way they can save themselves is to slowly try to ease restrictions, slowly try to make things seem like they're going back to normal and make it seem like they were the heroes that saved you. And like everything they did was all for your own benefit and now we're all going back to normal just because. But at the same time, their controllers and their handlers do not want to give up on this great reset. They do not want to give up on the vaccine passport. They do not want to give up on the global currency. And people want to know how they're going to keep this going once they can get rid of the pandemic and they can't fool people or scare people anymore. They're going to swap the vaccine passport over to a climate change passport. Mm-hmm. You're going to have so many carbon credits, electric credits, water credits. And if you use more than your allocated resource allowance each month, they're going to tax you. This is where it's going to head. And they are literally going to squeeze every ounce of life out of you and exert every ounce of control over you that you will allow. Everything happening right now, everything that has happened thus far is because you have allowed it. There is a reason why places like Florida are wide open and places like New York City are closed, where places like Ontario are closed and places like Alberta are open. It's because of what the people living there will choose to tolerate. Let me say that again. What you choose to tolerate. If you choose to tolerate staying home, closing your business, wearing a face diaper, getting a jab. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to make you do it. But if they try to do it and they can see that you're steadfast and you're not going to comply, they will back down with any excuse possible. The excuse is irrelevant. The result is all that matters. And that's all we got to do. All we got to do to win this is hold your ground. And for previous generations, that meant stand there while people are shooting at you and throwing bombs at you and gassing you and trying to kill you. In today's soft society, holding your ground simply means refuse the jab, refuse the booster. If it costs you your job, if it costs you school, if it costs you travel momentarily, so be it. What is that compared to losing your life to preserve the freedoms not for you, but for everybody, including the next generation. In the next 290 or 80 days, America has a, the midterms coming up. Something drastic is going to happen before that, I think. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on, on the midterms coming up? I, I personally think Joe Biden's going to step down and Kamala Harris will probably take over. To me, the elections are irrelevant. Nobody's ever voted their way out of tyranny. The voting <laughs> process is so controlled it's just as controlled as the pandemic the the entire election in september in canada was simply a distraction so they could implement the vaccine passport because they saw so much resistance building against it how did they distract people how did they stop people from protesting against the vaccine passport give them an election let them start arguing over who their favorite candidate is what happened in the election You had all the freedom fighters trying to support the PPC party, speaking about this wonderful purple wave that was going to sweep the nation. In reality, I told everybody, they're not going to get a seat. 
Nope. They're not going to have a voice. They're not going to make any difference. And you wasted your entire month on something that made absolutely no difference for the country when you could have been telling businesses fight back against the vaccine passport. You could have been handing out flyers. You could have been going to protests. You could have been informing people what was going to happen. But instead, you sat there on your couch arguing about who your favorite politician was. You casted a fake vote that doesn't even matter. And then you pretended like you did your part because that's what Canadians like to do. Sit on their couch, do nothing, flap their gums, complain. And then when the result doesn't happen in their favor, they'll blame somebody else. Let's talk about your social media a little bit because you keep getting, you've been booted off of Twitter. You've had seven or eight accounts on Instagram. You're probably not even allowed to go near Facebook, let alone, you probably can't even go near my Facebook. What they do to me on Facebook is interesting. They ban me for 30 days, about every 35 days. That way they can keep my presence on Facebook so people can keep bashing me and they can try to control the narrative against me. And I'm not able to actually defend myself. If I say the word, if I even say any type of negative thing towards anybody, if I call you weak on Facebook, I will get banned. On Instagram, I had almost 250,000 followers. I was verified. They killed the account citing that I spread harmful misinformation, you know, like telling people there's going to be something called a vaccine passport, like telling people that their second dose is going to turn into a third or fourth or fifth dose and still not going to work, you know, harmful disinformation like that. So, yes, I'm on my eighth Instagram account and TikTok. I only went on TikTok because I thought it was a joke like you. And then I saw somebody had posted this guy had only like 3000 followers and he took a 30 second clip of me and posted it. And I saw in about 14 hours, it had six and a half million views. Yeah. So I said, holy crap, this is a pretty powerful thing. So I went on there and in three weeks, I had 30,000 followers. My videos were getting like a million views and they just they struck it down to the point where Okay, Donald Trump got banned off social media. They even banned the hashtag Chris Sky off TikTok. Yeah. You couldn't write hashtag Chris Sky. You couldn't write live watching Chris Sky. You couldn't write the name Chris Sky. So why is China, a, a company owned by China, so steadfastly interested in banning, suppressing, and silencing me? It's because they're trying to turn Canada exactly like China and China is involved with that and they want it to happen. And if you think I'm wrong about this, I was given a document by none other than the official active duty members of the Toronto Police Service. And this document is a government document and it's entitled Prepping Canada's Businesses for China's Social Credit System. They want to bring that system here. And their auspice is that, oh, if you're dealing with Chinese businesses in China, you have to go by their rules. So all the Canadian businesses are going to have to learn the Chinese social credit system just for dealing with China. And then, you know, once they learn them here, obviously, they're just going to implement them here and then implement them for civilians. And it's all part of that three tier, uh, the merger of the digital identity, the digital vax pass and the digital currency. Boom. And that's exactly what this is all about. And that's what they're worried about. They're worried about me on social media because not only do I tell people the plan, I tell people the solution. And right now, the solution is simply stopping the people who took two jabs from taking the third jab. If they cannot get the 70, 75% minimum compliance of people taking the third booster, they cannot keep the vaccine passport going. They cannot keep the restrictions going. They cannot keep the pandemic going. 
So I warned everybody, you're going to see the most incessant propaganda campaign ever and the most incessant silencing campaign ever. You see Joe Rogan getting censored, Robert Malone getting censored, yeah. all these prominent voices trying to be censored. I'm not the only one. And it's because they know they can't win. They barely got enough people using every coercive tactic possible to take the, to take the two jabs. And a lot of those people took the two jabs because they trusted the government. A lot of people took those two jabs because they were scared and thought it was going to work. A lot of people took those two jabs because they were coerced, forced, threatened, manipulated, extorted by the government. And now the vast majority of them simply don't want a third shot. So that is where our focus needs to be. We need to convince as many of these people not to take the third shot. Because if even one out of 10 don't, all of a sudden, there's only 60% of people fully vaccinated. And the whole narrative collapses, the whole plan collapses, and they got to go back to the damn drawing board. And that's what we have to push for. Right now, we are in uncharted waters, and we can steer the boat in whatever goddamn direction we want. And it's never been like that at any other point in this pandemic. We now are in control. 100%. Um, I did an Instagram post uh, before it got taken down because I mentioned Chris Sky in it. But I did get some questions that came in for you. You want to answer them? Sure, go ahead. Uh, first one, I'm not going to say their names because I don't want them to get fucked with. I don't care, man. Well, it can be as these can be as rude questions as they want. I'll answer honestly. I know you will. There's a couple that I'm not going to ask because uh, I'm I won't go there. But uh, I really don't care. You can ask me anything. I'm not. I don't hide from anybody or anything. So okay. don't you won't you won't you won't scare me. Um, any ideas for an alternative source of income away from mandates, crypto trading, etc.? I told everybody diversity is key. Your portfolio of investments should have. A lot of different things. It should have different fiat currencies. You should have hard gold and silver bullion. You should have different types of investments like real estate. You should have crypto investments as well if you have that kind of money to invest. Diversity, especially in this uncertain day and age, is key to success. Um, next question is, why are people in Canada so compliant? <laughs> I, that's uh, I can put it down to like one sentence. The, the America was founded on war. Canada was founded on tea and crumpets. <laughs> it's very true. Also, we're packed with a lot of baby boomers, and baby boomers have been brainwashed since they came out of the womb. To government is good, free thinking is bad. The real problem is the incessant campaign to convince Canadians that they have to be the nicest people in the world. If you look up the origins of the word nice, it's a Latin word like many of our English words, and nice translates to ignorant and naive. Exactly what your government wants so they can walk all over you and not have to worry about any consequences. So that's what Canadians have to get out of. They have to get out of this idea that they're the nicest people in the world. It's nice to be nice, when no one's messing with you. Hold on a second. Dogs are freaking out again. This is a, a perfect spot for an ad plug. Guys, the podcast has always, since day one, been sponsored by USG Canada. Hit up my guy, Howie Lee. Uh, it's Howie at USGCanada.com. Send him a message. Get some fresh walkout gear. Get some gloves. Get some training gear. They make the best walkout gear on the planet, guys. USG Canada. Check them out. Um... 
Chris is back. Had to go yell at his Sorry dogs. about that, guys. Okay. It's all good. Uh, next question. Um, I will put a disclaimer in front of it. Neither I or Chris Sky are promoting violence or murder. Um, would it be more effective to remove JT by more serious means than just holding rallies? <laughs> God. What kind of question is that? I will say this. I will First, I'll quote JFK. Those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. And what do I mean by that? What John, what Justin Trudeau is doing right now is he is literally creating millions of people with nothing to lose. He's taking formerly happy, law-abiding, thriving Canadian citizens, and in some cases, he's taking everything away from them. He's taking their business He's taking their home. He's dividing their family. So they're losing their children and they're losing their, their wives. What happens to a man when he's lost everything and has nothing to lose? He becomes very dangerous and he's going to look for somebody to blame. Who are they going to blame besides the person in charge of everything that cost them to lose everything? Now multiply that by how many men and women he's done this to. If I was Justin Trudeau, I would realize that I am the most hated man in the country. And I would realize that there are a lot of people with not much to lose that have a lot of ill will towards him. And that would scare the hell out of me. Cause I know the people that don't like me are pretty much the weakest members of society. Anyway, number one and number two, I never did anything to you. I never took anything from you. I never took money from you. I never told your business. I didn't care if you wear a mask. I don't care if you get jabbed. So I'm not trying to mess with you in any which way. Justin Trudeau is literally destroying people's lives and futures and families, tearing them apart. Those are not the kind of things you can do without repercussions, legal or otherwise, eventually. Um, next question is, what happened to your social media site you were making? It's almost ready. It's all, Actually, the site is up and running. Okay. It's up on uh, desktop and Android. I'm simply finalizing the contract with the creator of it before I will integrate it into my web platform, realchrisky.com, and full out start promoting it and advertising for it. I'm not going to go and waste all my time, effort, money, image, et cetera, until everything is uh, behind the scenes is, is uh, on bo above board. And it's almost there. Unfortunately, and I, I kind of feel ashamed saying this, but I'll be honest. The lawyer that was doing the contract actually got COVID. Like, <laughs> I swear to God, poor woman. I don't want to say her name and out her. And she's like a hundred percent steadfastly against this. So for her, it was, it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. Shit. Uh, next question: Where is Canada going if the majority stays asleep? And if you plan to flee, and do you plan to flee south in the future? Well, if I wanted to flee south, my wife is an American citizen, everybody from Texas. I, I also had connections and opportunities in a place like Mexico where I had residency waiting for me, a, a percentage of a company waiting for me, a really nice place on the beach waiting for me. And I would have been fine, but I wouldn't have been able to live with myself if I left Canada knowing full well that I can be of help here. I can be of service here. I can make a difference here. And if I left in Canada continued to crumble and continued to go down the wrong path. I don't even know how I'd be able to live with myself. That's why I simply got a second home 
in Alberta rather than being stuck in Ontario. Why? Because there is much more fight in Alberta. The people here are much more in line with my way of thinking. And when the resistance happens, it's happening here. In Ontario and Quebec, where they're trying to talk about vaccine mandates in Alberta, they steadfastly went on the news and said, we don't even have the power to do that. We removed it from our legislation because we wouldn't even think of doing anything like that. Why? Because they know they can't get away with it. Why are they trying it in Quebec? Because they think they can. So I didn't leave Ontario because I was giving up on Ontario. I think Ontario is going to be one of the last uh, provinces to gain their freedom back. Yeah. I came to Alberta because I believe the West Coast is going to be the place where the resistance rises, united noncompliance takes hold, and where we keep the majority of the freedoms intact and even get our other freedoms back. Um, when will they get rid of the Vax Pass for travel? As soon as we all stop complying with it, ladies and gentlemen, that's why I've been trying to tell you since day one, the moment people say I am not going to put up with this, it ends. That's what United Noncompliance is. I didn't make it up. Well, I made up the term United Noncompliance, but I didn't make up the idea. I kind of took it from a man called Gandhi. It's pretty simple. When you're being told to do something you know is wrong, when you're being told to do something you know is going to harm you, your family and your family's future... You simply don't do it. It's not that hard, people. Everybody tries to make every excuse in the book. You know what an excuse is? An excuse is you saying, I'm not strong enough to do what is right. That's it. That's it. No matter what you tell yourself, no matter what lie, no matter what denial, no matter what justification, uh, cowardice is not a virtue. Obedience is not a virtue. Get that shit out of your head. Uh, next question. What happened to Rob Carbone? Rob Carbone is a con, liar, fraud. He was never really part of a... Well, he was trying to make a Republican Party just so he could uh, elicit donations from people. He is a career con man. I feel anybody associated with him should try whatever they can to get any money they ever gave him back or they're never going to see it. He is a 100% certified one of the worst people I've ever met. And he's going to get his comeuppance because he created a lot of problems by lying to a lot of people, including in criminal investigations. And that's all I'll say about that. Um, next question. Are unvaxxed Canadians able to leave the country on a plane? That is a very <laughs> damn good question. And the answer, I've been saying it for months, is yes. But it's a very complicated yes. Justin Trudeau will have you believe it's No. But certain airlines will allow you to fly. Certain countries do not have restrictions in play, but they will try to make it seem like you can't because it's just another way to coerce you to take the jab unlawfully and immorally. But yes, you can leave the country on certain places. I just got I just posted on my Instagram today that uh, uh, 10 different people went from Toronto to Turkey. None of them had a, and this was January 17th. So that was last night. And none of them had vax passes. None of them were vaxxed. Uh, they were told they had to wear masks, though. I will tell them that. But you can get a mask exemption. You can even get a vax exemption. There's multiple ways to get it. Um, so, yes, you can. And also, I will give this KV. You can leave by land. It is hit or miss. If you drive across the border and you get an asshole at the border, they're going to send you back. If you get a nice person at the border, they're going to let you in. 
I'd say your chances at the land border are about 50-50 and your chances on an aircraft are 100% dependent on the airline and the route. Okay. Um, what does your ideal post-COVID slash mandate Canada look like? Do we start over or rewind? Well, let's just pretend that I was put in charge of the country for a second after all this blew over. The first thing I would do is hold all these government officials accountable, all these public health officials accountable, both uh, financially and criminally. And I would use that as an example to make sure that it never happens again. And I would use the money accumulated to help Canadians that had actually suffered. I would install a one-time pandemic payback tax on every single corporation that made untold exponential amounts of money. We're talking about the big pharma companies that made hundreds of billions, if not trillions. I'm talking about companies like Walmart and Amazon that took all the business away from these so-called unessential businesses that were forced to close. Imagine what we could do for Canada's recovery after blowing, what, 50, 60 billion dollars a year just on CERB, running something like an 800 billion dollar deficit. We're now like over a trillion dollars. How good would it be for the country if we did a pandemic tax on all these corporations that stole so much money from us through this scam? And we got a one-time thing of about four or five hundred billion in Canadian coffers that we could use for things like interest-free loans for a few hundred thousand small businesses to recreate or the backbone of our economy, which was small business. Ninety-seven percent of all businesses in Canada were small business. We had over 1.15 million small businesses at the start of this pandemic. We lost over 300,000 of them, ladies and gentlemen. That's almost 30% of all our small businesses, poof, gone. Because of what? Because of government intervention and because these companies made billions and billions of dollars off of our blood, sweat, tears, and suffering. And imagine what else we could do. Imagine if we started investing in our own infrastructure, our own oil refineries, our own water desalination plants, where we can produce our own gas, our own clean energy, our own clean water that we're already selling to China and all these other countries. Imagine we created renewable resources, renewable income, made ourselves less uh, more self-sufficient and less reliant on our neighbors. Imagine we could increase our exports while increasing our GDP, while creating jobs all across the country. This is the kind of Canada we should be living in. We have the landmass, the resources, the population, the competency to have the highest standard of living and the lowest cost of living anywhere in the world, anywhere. And that's the kind of Canada we should be living in. That's the kind of Canada I want to be living in combined with the freedom that we used to have. Next question. What do we do when health departments start force vaccinating people? Ha! When they start doing that, <laughs> guess what, ladies and gentlemen? This war has changed from psychological to straight up physical. Yeah. And what do you do when somebody is attacking you physically? You have natural law, international law, domestic law, and the law of self-defense. And you have to defend yourself. Why do you think we create groups of people? Because if they send a public health unit of 10 people, including armed thugs, to one of your neighbor's houses to go and take their family of four and force an injection in their arm or force them off to a camp, you want to make sure when those 10 government thugs show up, there's 500 angry civilians waiting for them, telling them to get the hell off the property or else. Force must be met with force, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next question. I'm gonna. I'll say this girl's handle because this is actually a really good question, and if you have an answer for it, it will help her. Um, pretty from the city. 
I'm in college and they're refusing me to finish my studies because I'm not vaccinated. What can I do? The first thing I would do is serve them with a notice of liability that you can get from ethics over fear. I'd also uh, film the interaction to show that you did indeed serve them with it because they might just try to take it and throw it away and say you never gave it to them. I would also challenge them under the Human Rights Act. And if if you actually have balls, because that still might not work, it works in some cases, I would go to school and tell them I'm not jabbed and I'm not going to wear a mask and you can arrest me and let them arrest you and go back the very next day and do it again and go back the very next day and do it again. Let them do it over and over again until a few other people in your class decide to stand up and say that they won't want to do it either. And then a few more people. And then all of a sudden, through United Noncompliance, you get your freedoms back. And if you think that's crazy, guess what? A little eight-year-old girl in Florida already beat you to it. She wouldn't wear the mask to school, so they sent her home and suspended her every single day. For over 30 days straight, she came back. And finally, guess what? They rescinded the mask policy at her school. So you can do the same thing. It's just called standing up here. So there's a reason I've been arrested 18 times in 18 months. I stand up for myself and I stand up for what's right, not what they tell you to do. If you're going to do that, you're not going to get the results you want. You're just going to sit there and complain and call me and ask me what to do. What do I do? Why do I get the results? Because I stand up for myself. I stand my ground. It's that simple. You know what's right, so do it. Uh, next question. Can I sue my workplace for vax injury if I took it and had a side effect? This is a very complex question, and I believe you can. And there are a lot of lawyer disability law. I think one of them are, are on TV all the time. Tom, Ken, Samerfin or something like that. I can't remember their names, but they're disability lawyers. and They've been talking about this a lot. And there's people that are actually and when I'm at the gym and I'm doing my cardio, pretty much the only time I'm watching TV because they're right in front of my face. I see all these commercials now with all these uh, these law firms that are advocating actually suing your employees if you were fired or you were hurt by the vaccine. And these people wouldn't be paying for TV ads unless they were confident they could win your case because they wouldn't be paying money to take your case so they could lose and not get paid. Because Most of these lawyers only get paid if they win. So there's a lot of illegalities going on there. And I've heard some friggin' horror stories where people are forced to take the jab. They're told, take the jab or you get fired. And then when they take the jab, they get a, a, a life-altering condition like myocarditis and they can't do their job anyway. And then they're told they can't even collect unemployment benefits because the jab wasn't mandatory. So they literally try to screw you every which way possible. And that's why everybody's got to stand up for themselves. If everybody that was mandated simply got up and walked away from their jobs, like the 30,000 truck drivers are doing, and now they're going to do a convoy, this would be over. But everybody makes an excuse for why it's okay for them to comply. Everybody feels like their own personal situation is more important than the next person and more important than the personal situation of the entire country put together. And it's that selfishness, it's that decadence, it's that weakness that the government is preying on. And that's how this has gone this far as it is. Get out of here, you oh, you got, you got a pussy too. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, next question. I'll answer it. Dude, does Chris have a YouTube Sorry, channel? I got to no. take this call really quick. Okay, hit it. I'll, I will hit another ad. Um, guys, the podcast always brought to you by on it. If you're not on it, get on it at on Uh, go to my link tree, click the link there. The, uh, the promo code is embedded in the link. They don't have 
they don't have the forward slash TFS podcast anymore when you go. So if you go to just on it.com, you select your alpha brain, shroom tech sport, creatine, whatever else, some kettlebells, battle robes, whatever you want to get from there. Yeah. Type in in the promo code section, uh, final or TFS podcast. My bad. I forgot. But type in in the promo code TFS podcast. You will save 10% on your purchase of whatever you want. Guys, go go and check out the website. They got everything from camping cups to fucking protein powder. They're not playing around. Onit.com. Use the promo code TFS podcast. Chris is back. Um, one of the questions was, do you have a YouTube channel? I can answer that. No, he does Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Even anybody that posts videos of me on YouTube will get taken down in 30 minutes. You'll get a strike or your channel will get taken down. I always do interviews with people and I warn them in advance. They all think it's okay and then they put it up and it happens and I feel bad. But I really don't because I warned them. I'm going to put it up anyway. Uh, I wanna, See, that's what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about one uh, one entertaining thing that I that I found about you, and then we'll get you the hell out of here. You got a couple other things you probably got to go do tonight, but uh, <laughs> very nice wording. Um, there was an incident that happened at the West Edmonton Mall, and you went yes. into Build a Bear dressed up like Santa Claus and got arrested. That was part two of an incident, and that's the reason it happened. Okay, so okay. I can tell the story real quick. Uh, my wife and I were just driving near West Edmonton Mall. She needed to grab a couple of trivial items, like a pair of uh, knee-high socks and a pair of gloves. Yep. So we said, we might as well stop at the mall. We, st- we go to the mall all the time. We ran into the mall. We never wear our masks. We have mask exemptions as well. As, uh, so nobody normally bothers us anyway. In this case, a security guard who knew exactly who I was and had a personal problem with me decided to chase us down from like a, a whole other side of the mall, running up the escalator to demand that we show our ba- uh, a demand that we put a mask on. I told him we were exempt. He said, "Show me your papers." My wife, not wanting confrontation, because normally I would tell people I don't want to show you my papers, would so, was told me just show him the paperwork so he leaves us alone. And he made a snarky comment to my wife, like, uh, cause she made a comment to him saying, Chris, just show him the papers. And then she looked at the guard and said, you know, by law, we don't really have to show you. And his response rather, and she was being playful and coy. His response was just shut up and show me your papers. This is my house. That's what this little bald security guard, skinhead looking little white boy said. So I looked at him and I simply said, don't be a dick to my wife. At that point, a second security guard had shown up and I had already had the exemption out. So I showed him both of our exemptions, which he acknowledged on video and said everything was cool. The first security guard that was already hot headed was determined to ban us from the mall anyway, even though we just showed our Vax exemption. So he told me I didn't care. He didn't care that we showed the exemptions. We're being banned from the mall because he didn't like our attitude. So I asked him to show us anywhere in his little handbook of rules, which code or which conduct I violated in order for him to be able to ask me to leave when I'm simply at the mall trying to buy my wife's socks. He couldn't show me. He wouldn't cite it. He just kept insisting that I had a 24-hour ban and I had to leave. So I ignored him and I walked around the mall with my wife. We went to a couple stores. It took us about nine minutes to get to the final store. At this point, they had about 10 security guards. So they made the decision that they were going to physically remove me. They attacked me from behind, tried to put me in a chokehold, made my put my wife on the floor, on the floor, made her drop her phone while she was recording. And it took four of them to try to restrain me. 
And I wasn't going to let them take me because these guys aren't cops. I wasn't just going to let them arrest me. I was just, I wasn't fighting them, like physically punching them or pushing them off, but I wasn't letting them put my hands behind my back or put me in cuffs or any of that until they literally begged my wife. They begged my wife to ask me to stop so they could just have us leave the mall. So at that point I was like, fine, it seems like the right thing. As soon as I allowed them to take control, they handcuffed us both behind our back. Like they thought they were police officers threw us in a holding cell after they had us in the holding cell. Cause my wife's wedding ring wouldn't come off. They told her they needed to keep her handcuffed alone in the holding cell behind her back. So I, I, not even at a jail will they do that, but at a security guard holding facility within the West Edmonton mall, they kept my wife handcuffed behind her back for hours in there. Then they gave me a phone and said I could make a phone call. Wouldn't let me call my lawyer. Cause I didn't know the number offhand. Gave me a phone book with the whole letter L ripped out so I wouldn't be able to call a lawyer or legal aid. So I used their phone and called 911. And the police were the ones that came to get me out. So (laughs) we got out. We got out. We didn't get charged with anything. We got a trespass ticket from the mall, not even from the police, from the mall, which has obviously gotten getting fought. And they gave us a 24-hour ban from the mall. That was it. In the following weeks, I started posting that we were going to go to the mall to do a toy drive to show everybody that you can mass free shop and to bring Christmas spirit and to get toys for kids. Because I did the same thing last year. I did a toy drive in Toronto. I did the Santa Claus parade and I wanted to do it at West Edmonton Mall to make a point. Well, the people at West Edmonton Mall, I don't know if anybody knows, they're called the Garmesian family. They are one of the wealthiest and most powerful and most corrupt families in all of Canada. They are extremely wealthy, multi-billionaire, Jewish Iranian family. They are so corrupt that they had scandals in Edmonton that got the chief of police fired. They are so corrupt, they they were charged all the way out in Las Vegas with bribing public officials. They are so corrupt, they built an even bigger mall than West Edmonton in the States, and they are now like $6 billion in debt there, and they can't even make their payments because COVID happened right after they built their mall. So we're looking at a family that's powerful, corrupt, and that doesn't like being in the public eye and doesn't like people like me exposing them. So what do they do? They use their connections within the police department, which we know are plentiful. And I got a random police officer texting me, texting me. Have you ever been texted by a random police officer before? Texting me a picture of their business card and their badge telling me to come in because I'm being charged with all these various charges that they wouldn't even tell me what they were. They just said, I got a whole bunch of charges, so I needed to come in. This was the West Edmonton Mall's way of trying to prevent me from being able to do the event. So when I told the friggin' the, the police officer, I'm not coming in for anything because I know I didn't do anything. And uh, they also got the mall to file an inlocatory injunction signed by a judge stating all the things I would not allow to be able to do at the mall. No protesting, no speeches, no megaphone, no screaming, no singing. So I made it very clear that we were coming to the mall for one purpose to shop as a group of people to buy as many toys as possible to donate to a toy drive, which was not part of their injunction. Obviously, they couldn't tell me I couldn't come to the mall and shop. But now they had this injunction against me and they put five separate charges on me. So I had a big warrant for my arrest. So their plan was to try to arrest me before I could get to the mall, hold me so I couldn't do the event at the mall. So my plan was... Since I know these corrupt assholes are going to arrest me one way or the other, I'm going to make them arrest me at the mall. So, A, (laughs) if they're going to arrest me, they're going to arrest me as Santa Claus. 
B, I'm still going to get people there. C, they're all going to be mass free. And D, we're still going to do the toy drive. So even if they're going to arrest me, I'm going to win. So how did I get in the mall? I had the Santa Claus outfit on and I put an even bigger disguise over that. And I don't want to give away what it was, but I will say it had religious undertones. And I walked right, right into the mall, right by the security, right by the police that were waiting for me with a warrant to arrest me. And I, as soon as I got into the mall, past the cameras, I went into an alcove and I switched into my Santa costume. I led hundreds of people through the mall. We stopped, the first store we stopped at was Build-A-Bear because a disabled girl with a service dog wanted a special bear. And I was going to buy two, one for her and one for the, uh, one for the toy drive. And while in the Build-A-Bear, I got attacked by the security and the police who told me that I had to leave the mall. And as soon as I left the mall, I was arbitrarily charged with these five ridiculous charges and taken to jail. <laughs> While I was in jail, it was one o'clock in the afternoon. They gave me a bail hearing at 1130 at night, the very last bail hearing you could get. The Crown didn't even communicate with my lawyer to make it as hard as possible for them to come to a resolution so they could try to hold it over till the next day. Because it being Saturday, I would have to be held over to Monday. Yeah. In the end, I got my lawyer to get the bail, the judge to agree that I hadn't breached the injunction that they tried to file against me. And the charges against me were so ridiculous. They let me out on my own recognizance with a $2,000 bail. So they told me I'd be out in an hour. I even spoke to my lawyer after I got out of the uh, the court. It was around 1230 while I was still at the jail. He told me, go back to my cell. I, I already got the paperwork. It's signed by the judge. Your friend Sean is on his way to pay the $2,000. You're going to be out by about 1.30. 1.30 rolls around. They come to my cell and tell me that I'm getting out. I'm like, yeah. They bring me to the front. Instead of bringing me to the front where I signed my release paper, they start dragging me to a place where they load up the paddy wagon. And I go, what are you doing? I just got a, a signed release order from a judge. They go, change of plans. You're going to prison. I go, but excuse me, I have the paperwork and it's been paid for. Three officers threw me on the floor while I was handcuffed, picked me up and literally tossed me in the paddy wagon so hard that my shoes didn't even come with me. <laughs> they didn't even, it was so off the books. I was arrested in the Santa Claus outfit. That was my personal <laughs> belongings that I had given to the jail. They didn't even send them to the prison with me. They literally black bagged me, black boxed me, and sent me to the prison. When I got to the prison, I was fuming. So I grabbed the first correctional officer. They knew exactly who I was. And I told them exactly what happened and showed them the release order. Now they were freaking out. They didn't want to get in trouble. So they called my friend Sean to come pick me up from the prison. Now it's Saturday <laughs> or Sunday morning, like 3.30 in the morning. He gets there. I've been in a holding cell waiting for him. As soon as he arrives, I hear the phone ring. They come and they go, sorry, change of plans. You're not getting out. You're staying in prison. So now, twice, I'm supposed to get out. They don't let me out. Now they want to process me to put me in the prison. So they tell me, in order to do the medical, I need to wear a mask. They never try to make me wear a mask anywhere, even in jail. But for this particular 30 seconds where they wanted to do a medical exam, they wanted me to wear one. When I refused... They threw me in the hole, like you see in the friggin' movies. Not just solitary confinement, a really filthy, shit-covered, garbage-covered area where I got sick. I got, an, I got a bacterial infection from being in there, as a matter of fact, in my thumb. 
because uh, it was I had a little cut on my thumb from them manhandling me. And then when they threw me in there, that got, uh, got all infected because I was stuck in there for about eight hours. And after that, they threw me it because they try to force you to take a jab when you go to jail. Obviously, <laughs> I said no to the jab. Then they try to force you to take a COVID test when you're in prison. And if you're stupid enough to say yes to the COVID test, somebody like me, they're just going to tell you that you tested positive, yeah. and now they can lock you up for two weeks without charging you with anything in solitary confinement because you're you're COVID positive. So I obviously refused the test, and I refused the jab. So now they label you non-compliant and defiant. So now they put you in solitary anyway because you're non-compliant, and because you refused the test, you could be infectious. So now they brought me to Delta Max D block and they put me in my own cell where I was stuck for 23 and a half hours a day in the cell until Monday where I got my court and the judge looked and said, why the hell? And you know what the best part is I left out? They grabbed my wife, a woman that's never even got a speeding ticket in her life. My wife of eight years, no criminal record of any kind. And they brought her to prison without even charging her. She was in the same remand facility as me. They processed her, strip searched her, orange jumpsuited her, and gave her a cellmate. And she was trapped in there for three days without even being charged with any offense whatsoever. When they put us before the judge, the judge freaked the hell out and said, his exact words were, get them out of here now. My wife got out virtually within an hour or two. They kept me in there another 10 hours before they let me out. And then the best part is, here's the best part. So I got charged with all those ridiculous crimes. I got my bail. They set my first court date. In Ontario, in order to set a court date, they have to wait till you get disclosure. Yeah. They have to give you all the evidence against you. In Alberta, it doesn't work like that. In Alberta, they set a court date. And if you haven't got the disclosure by the time the court date comes, they simply adjourn the court date until you get the disclosure. Standard operating procedure. So that's exactly what my lawyers did. They went and adjourned the court date. I was supposed to have my first event yesterday, first event of the year in Alberta. Yesterday, three hours before the event, I get a call from the RCMP. We need you to come in, Christopher. Why? You have a warrant for your arrest. Excuse me, for what? And they say all the same charges that I got charged at West Edmonton Mall for. I'm like, you guys already arrested me for these, threw me in prison, and I already got bail. So what could this possibly be? Like, I don't know, but you have a warrant, so you got to come in. I'm like, nah, I'll have my lawyer call you. So I had my lawyer call in. Guess what these wonderful, corrupt public officials had done? My lawyers went for the adjournment, did the paperwork, got the stamp, filed everything. The court simply mishandled the paperwork. Their own (laughs) clerical error. But their own clerical error allowed them to put a warrant out for my arrest so they could... Make me go to my event, not even knowing I have a warrant, and now arrest me under their clerical error that they intentionally made so they could arrest me. And then they tried telling my lawyer they could not bring the case forward until January 25th because I have another event January 22nd and another event January 23rd. So they wanted to be able to take me, lock me up in prison again for an entire week because they pretended that my lawyers never showed up for court for me. And he, and so my lawyer called him and freaked out, obviously. And then immediately they acknowledged their error. So now they had to bring the case forward tomorrow. So technically, I still have a warrant for my arrest right now. 
But as of tomorrow morning, the warrant will be rescinded as it goes to court and they have to go to court and say, oh, I'm sorry, judge. I'm sorry we put an arrest warrant out for him. It was our bad, our mistake. We didn't mean it. This is the kind of corruption <laughs> we are up against, ladies and gentlemen. Um, real quick, what are your events? Where are they? And uh, I know the one's an undisclosed location, so we won't go over the location. Yeah, that one's in Peace River. They're great. they're providing the location the day of because I know they 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 organized this way before I was even invited. And then because I was going to be in Peace River, Grand Prairie, which was one of my favorite rallies I've ever done anywhere in the world, is virtually next door. So I'm going to be uh, in Peace River on Saturday the 22nd. I'm going to be in Grand Prairie on Sunday the 23rd. And then the 23rd is the day that the trucker convoy is leaving from all parts of Canada. Thousands of trucks and thousands of supporters. There's over 30,000 truck drivers that got fired because of these COVID rules or are impacted by these new COVID rules. And they're going to make their voice heard. They're leaving from all parts of Canada. They're heading towards Ottawa for the 28th. Okay. I would love to be in Ottawa for the 28th. But if I go there, because of the conditions I have in Ontario, they will arrest me if I go to any event that's being had during their lockdown, where they have restrictions in place on outdoor events. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to get a um, massive screen and massive speaker system over there so we can live stream important speakers from all around Canada to Ottawa on the 28th. So stand by for that, everybody. Sorry, I got to take this call. So I'm going to have to let you guys go. I love you guys. My website's real. The only. Just like four days old is real Chris sky one. And I just made a new TikTok which is Chris Sky Army. And from now on, every post I do on every media platform is going to have the hashtag Chris Sky Army. That way, whenever they ban media platforms, the hashtag and the posts of it still live on and still can increase and keep growing. Guys, you can find me March 4th. I will be in Edmonton for Unified MMA. The homie Ryan Ford is making his return to the cage. I'm going to extend a personal invitation to Chris Sky and his wife. Uh, if you guys come, I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it, but I'll be in Edmonton March 4th. Parting words from me, guys. Think for if yourself. If you're coming, bro. What's up? If I'm here, I'll be there. If I'm not on tour somewhere, I'll be there. 100%. I got you covered. Guys, parting words from me. Think for yourselves. Don't let other people think for you because they won't think of you. Just say no. Guys, that's the final shot.